37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street, where today we're going to rate and review two fabulous characters as we look at classic number 11, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr Toad. I'm merrily on my way to nowhere in particular, I'm Chris Fletcher. I'm galloping across the Dutch Bridge, I'm Lucy Rain. Hello children, I'm Hugh Rain. That was Bing Crosby. She, she, she's looking at me like she don't know what that was. <laughs> oh, I love Bing Crosby. Do it again. Oh, bo- 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 is that oh Bing, yeah. Is that Bing Crosby? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like it. This is good sound on you. I want more of that. Did you say Cosby? I did say Cosby. I thought yeah. I heard that. <laughs> not, not intentionally. So the, I paused. The R just slipped. You expected me to correct myself. Oh, no, I thought yeah. it was a joke. I thought it was some kind of pun to do with Bill Cosby. Or... No, I, well, I paused because I thought, have I said it wrong? <laughs> no. Yeah. I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> no, no, I just slightly missaid it and I thought you would let it go, but no. No bell this time, then. No bell. No bell. No not, bell. not yet, anyway. <clears throat> anyway, so Ichabod and Mr. Toad, then. Yeah. We've got all the way to number 11. We're, we're past the... The first ten. Absolutely storming. Do you remember when we did Snow White? Hey. Were we ever that young? Oh. Happy days. It's like two months of a, of a podcast, this. Yeah. And we, we don't hate each other yet. Well, Yeah. not more than we did to start with anyway. No, no. It's on the slide. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know something about uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad? I'd love Chris? to know something about Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Okie dokie. The really isn't that much to say about this that I haven't said about the previous package films that came in the last episode. Um, But I did find out that during the financial difficulties after the strike, the Bank of America issued a loan on the proviso that Disney ceased production on everything except shorts and uh, the three features that are already in production Mm -hmm. um, just to save money. And those features were Dumbo, Bambi and Wind in the Willows. So things like Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp that were all in development got pushed aside for financial reasons and just by default really, Wind in the Willows stayed on the table. Now Walt uh, looked at some of the early animations and story development and he didn't like it so he shelved it nonetheless even though it was still officially in development for as far as the bank was concerned he wasn't happy with it um but after the war when a lot of the animators returned from the war who had originally worked on it he really needed to find them work um otherwise they would have had to face redundancies etc which they didn't want to do to veterans and so it popped back up again i I read somewhere that some of those animators went away to war um, having left it in a certain position, then came back to it straight onto it in exactly the same place as left it after the war. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine them just turning up for work, saying, "How do Walt hanging the coat and hat up, sitting down?" I done seen some things in that dare war, but I'm gonna do this toad now. I'm gonna work on this some toads animation like I, well, they did before. I'm yeah. more grizzly now, and I've seen some things, but uh, I can surely bring some happiness to this toad. That's one of the animators. Is it? Which mm. one? Jeffrey. <laughs> my name's Jeffrey I studied at art school 
Oh, good old Jeffrey. He was a solid, solid egg, wasn't good he? Good American name, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah, very, Jeff. very American. <laughs> okay. Um, there really isn't much else to say about that. It was based on Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Williams. Mm. They changed that. Not Kenneth. Yeah, Kenneth Williams. Not mm, mm, Kenneth Williams. I don't think I mean Kenneth Williams, do I? Um, I've written down Kenneth Williams. That's not right, Kenneth. Whatever his name is, when it came up, I thought, oh, is that? No, of course it isn't. It wasn't Keith. No, was it? Hang on, I have it open somewhere. I just nodded and... and Kenneth Graham. Graham, yeah. That's it. Do you know, I was actually reading the Wikipedia page when I wrote these notes, so I must have just had Williams sort of stuck in my head. As soon as I saw Kenneth Graham, I thought of Kenneth Williams. That must be what it is. (laughs) I didn't. It's yeah, it's all the the camp <laughs> camp upper clash British characters in it as well, maybe. So yeah, um He also wrote something else, didn't he, for that that Disney adapted the Reluctant Dragon. Oh, was that Kenneth Graham? I it didn't was, know. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. And the American horror story, short story by Washington Irving, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, mm. became The Adventures of Mr. Ichabod. Yeah. Ichabod. I um, hadn't heard of any of this. I'd not heard a stitch about this film until like a few months ago. But you I, knew about Mr. To- Toad's Wild Ride, though, presumably. So, well, not since, uh, not before I'd heard of this film. Not not through um, like Clark's or Mallrats or whichever it is where they talk about it a lot. Oh, I don't remember that bit. Uh, but um, I was confused as to why there was a Toad Hall at Disneyland Paris, a restaurant. Uh, oh, that's. I just thought it was an odd little weird thing that they had just had like the franchise for something for no you know, particular reason. We just have to interject saying if you're going to Disneyland Paris go to Mr Toad's and go early go at 11 o'clock because it's about, really I quiet. About half 11 when it's just opened. Yeah, yeah we missed 11. it. I completely missed it. Um, it's a beautiful restaurant on the outside beautiful restaurant on the inside and they've got the quietest toilets around the back as well. Ooh. There's my top tip. We, like we, we had the whole sort of uh, extension bit. Annex. Annex to ourselves. Mm. Do you know what the original title for this film was going to be? Wind in the Willows. No, not not for Mr. All Toad, right. for, the, for, the, for the film. Boogie Time. Close, We'd very, very close. Make Mine Music and Fun and Fancy Free. What about Boogie Time? It wasn't Boogie Time. No. It was going to be called Two Fabulous Characters, which I think possibly <laughs> would have been a better title <laughs> than Two The Adventures of characters. And Mr. Toad. It sounds so empty, doesn't it? It's such faint praise. Yeah. What was it called? Two fabulous characters. But what I've got you here as two fabulous characters. You're gonna love it. You're gonna absolutely love them. It makes me want to toss a fistful of glitter at the camera as I say <laughs> it. Two fabulous characters. I believe it was Jeffrey's idea. I don't know that, yeah. how that I don't got some names for you here, Walt Disney. I got Boogie Time. I narrowed it down to that one. And um, was it two, two fabulous? Two, two fabulous characters. So you take your choice there, Mr. Walter, <laughs> Mr. Disney. Yeah, I think we're going to call it uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad instead, thank <laughs> the you. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. You see, that's strange, really, isn't it, for a package film to sort of half-name both films. And it implies that they're having an adventure together. Together, yeah. Well, it's an odd premise because it's in a, it starts off in a library. Mm. Lucy said, oh, look, uh, they're using the multiplayer. And I said, no, it's uh, live action, is this bit? But it's so saturated, it looks animated. Yeah, it's that weird technicolour, isn't yeah. it? It's... But that's, that's kind of nice, it blends mm. well. But you go into this library... All these stories, and then they just read a couple of them. And most of the stories that are there and that he mentions are, are ones better. That, are, that have either already been made into Disney films or get made into ones in the future. Ah. Interestingly. 
I don't feel like I've seen a Disney film having watched this. I agree. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And when we come to sort of rate it, that that's going to colour my feelings. Mm, interesting. Mm. Well, should we should we get into stuff then? So we're going to do what we always do and talk about the story, both stories. Um, talk about the animation. Talk about the uh, music, and then give it lots of ratings. So should we start with the with the story? Yeah. Mm. Well, almost immediately, title screen. Bing Crosby starts. Oh, boom, 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 boom. Like almost straight off the bat. I know I do like him, but uh, I thought, I love it. What are you doing here? Mm. Oh, boom, 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 boom. And he was. I mean, to be fair, he only sang a couple of lines. Then it went to instrumental. But he was singing a song called "The Adventures of Ichabod and Mister Toad." Strange. Now, never was there a more shoehorned lyric. Into Why? any song ever. Why did they write that song? That's not going to be a single, is it? You know. <laughs> what if it was called Two Fantastic Characters? Fabulous Characters. Oh, you see, that could work. Two Fabulous Characters. It would have been, uh, it would have been covered by now. Things. And become the, um, the theme tune to RuPaul. The stories are not connected. We got a library full of books. We're only going to do two. As Gooby do. Shall we start with um, with Mr. Toad then, even though the film implies that we would or should be starting with uh, Ichabod? Indeed. Yeah. And start with... Um, we do talk about characters and story when we do this section, and I just want to give a big heads up to that amazing Scottish accent. Oh, my oh, word. <laughs> I thought it was a Yorkshire accent at first. Oh, it's horrendous, isn't it? Like that, that badger, that very domestically confused badger. The worst accent in Disney? Uh, yes. No, it isn't. No. But but because uh, I can tell you what is the worst accent. Well, I can tell you now. Dick Van Dyke is nothing on this Scottish. Oh badger. no, I agree with that. But if you watch any of the deleted scenes from Bedknobs and Broomsticks and taking the uh, the the Welsh um, shop owner lady uh, being dubbed over, that is horrendous. Oh, is she dubbed? Because I was yeah. going to say no. That's a good Welsh accent. Oh but... no, she she's all right in in her in in the overall role. But in those deleted scenes where they don't have. The uh, the the, vo- the vo- vocals are just have the video. The dubbing over for her and for um, you know that really famous guy who was in Mary Poppins as well. What's he called? David Tomlinson. David oh. Tomlinson. Mm. That's right. Yeah. There's a bit where um, Badger says something like, it's, "It's it does go a bit Yorkshire sometimes." It's it's something like, "I've just made a vara important discovery." Vara a vara important discovery. Vara. <laughs> I have a plan. We'll sneak in through the secret tunnel. It says tunnel. Yeah. It's, you know, whenever you read books at school that are, are written phonetically in a dialect, like we read um, To Kill a Mockingbird and stuff, and mm. the, they've got that kind of thing. But then you hear sort of the 12-year-olds reading the book, read it <laughs> as it is written. It's like someone's been given a script and done that, haven't they? It's, um, it is a thing of beauty but i blame the script writers because they made a conscious decision to make muck badger scottish yeah. because in the books he's just called badger he's not <laughs> scottish and and so they obviously thought this guy's got a fantastic scottish accent we'll get him in as a character actor and uh, and we'll call him muck it, badger no it's joey tribbiani who's like put <laughs> he's put on his cv being french can act in scottish do you know what I mean? And they've just gone, oh, he says he can act in Scottish, give him free reign. Akai then now. And it, bless them in California, they, they wouldn't know they're any different. No. Right. But what is the story? Okay, I'm glad you've got us back to that. Have you read Wind in the Willows? 
Uh, no. Have you read Wind of the Winters? Uh, I have read it a long time ago, but I grew up on the Cosgrove Hall. Oh, the Cosgrove TV Hall series, stop so. motion on, on ITV, I believe. Mm. Was that you? You weren't seeing it, Lucy, because Lucy wasn't allowed to watch ITV. Oh, because it had adverts. Oh, you don't have to watch the adverts. You can't do stuff. For, so for she won't have seen it. Ah. Um, but it's lovely. It's one of the finest animations ever made. I think. Yeah, of its kind. I am aware of Cosgrove Hall. Mm-hmm. Jamie's magic circle. torch. Oh, mm. That was Cosgrove Hall. I have not read uh, Wind in the Willows either, so it's hard for me to say how close to it. You know how much I, leeway I can, they've taken. I can tell you. The leeway, not so much. What they've done is taken a very small chunk of the story, condensed it right down to something that has um, no character development, yes, no uh, no understandable plot. Um, there's weasels there, but you don't understand why. There's this guy called Winky when there are no humans in the entire book. <laughs> Who's more or less the same size as the animals. He's a little bit bigger. Oh, it, 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 it's baffling yeah. to me. Now, this bothered me. Like, as soon as they opened the door to load the press car and they're all human and then they closed the door pretty quickly and I had to rewind it because mm. I thought, they, they, have they got humans in this? This doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense And then all. all the lawyers and the judges and yeah. anyone in authority, funnily enough, is I'm human. Thinking about it, though, I've said that about Winky, it might, it might be in the books that they are. But it is people, but I don't. I don't recall it being. Certainly in Cosgrove Hall, it wasn't. But um, yeah, the the story basically is, uh, and again, I'm I'm paraphrasing, which means it probably made more sense for for this actual cartoon than it does for the actual story. But um, Toad has this massive mansion, if you like. He's got loads of money. Ratty lives on the river, uh, and Mole and Badger they're they're all friends, and they're friends with Toad as well. But Toad's a little bit flighty and irresponsible. He's a uh, He's um, a typical toff. He throws his money about without thinking about it. And he wants to go and... and again, he's a thrill seeker. So he starts off and he's riding horse through... through Because he's, he's got a horse and cart. And I think it's like he's supposed to be living the life of a gypsy, basically. Mm. Um, flying through the countryside. And then he spots a car. And immediately he's in love with the idea of driving a motor vehicle. So he goes and tries loads of different motor vehicles out until he finds the one that he absolutely loves. And then it, it kind of carries on like this. But he gets conned by the weasels out of his... Uh, house and thrown into jail for mm. theft, which is what happens in the in the film. Mm. And then he escapes with the help of Badger and Ratty and Mole. He escapes from prison and and basically um, regains the whole you know, sets everything set the record straight. They find out he's not guilty and everything's happy happily ever after. And that's pretty much the story. Spoiler, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like the sort of uh, the. The sort of ripping crime yarn aspect of it. It was a bit like the 39 Steps, you know, where sort of a hero is uh, wrongly accused of something. Yeah, you see, I didn't really. I mean, it's it's very short. So like you say, there's no character development. And we get the idea that, that Toad is, a, is a, a cad. But then you don't delve in. There's no time to make him likeable or understandable. So he's quite a dislikable character. You've then got Ratty, whose job it is to kind of curtail him, so he becomes a nag. You've got Mole, who's just a bit of a fool, and that's, you know, he's the clown almost. I don't mean clown, I no, mean no, clown. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the theatrical sense. Um, and we won't even talk about the Scottish Badger. So the really, and that you're really relying heavily on those four characters, and, and, and they don't be. really stand up. And, and what they should be is, Ratty's supposed to be the voice of reason through all of mm. this. He's a very level-headed, normal kind of... Um, chap um, but he pro- but he's probably more on a level with with Toad in terms of I don't know um, education that sort of thing and so so he can talk to him in, in the right kind of way um, 
Badger is this overarching like voice of authority. Mm. So when, what he says goes pretty much always, and that's how it should be. And um, Mole is just the kindest, most gentlest, loving person that yeah. well, Mole that you, that you could uh, you could ever meet. And and his friendship is a lot of what what turns Toad around. But you don't see any of that in, no. in this at all. And and it's a shame because you get glimpses throughout this piece that it that if they done it as a full length piece and and given the a beloved story the the attention and love that it deserved they could have had a great great film on mm. hands but um there's some nice bits in it there are some nice bits but it just it moves at a stupid pace like mm. ridiculously fast pace you've got no understanding of what's going on at any point in it um and there's a talking horse that thinks it's <laughs> oh yeah foreman you, and did you recognise his voice? Not foreman. Yeah. <laughs> did you recognise his voice? What the horse? Yeah. Yes, I recognised it because uh, um, whenever his voice crops up in Disney films, because he's done a few, yeah. I, I always think, "Is that George Formby?" But then I think, "Oh no, it isn't." But, but who is it? It's a uh, Pat. Pat O'Malley, Jay mm. Pat O'Malley, and yeah. he's done. I recognised him as Tweedledum and, and yeah, Tweedledee in the yeah. Walrus and the Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, he's also done Colonel Haffy. Jasper from 101 Dalmatians, Sir Kay from Sword in the Stone, um, Otto, uh, which I think is one of the... Um, I'm not sure what I've put there, but he's one of the singing um, vultures as well. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is, uh, definitely is. Singing vultures? The Beatles in Jungle Book. Oh, yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, um, what you said about it being a, a bit of a crime drama i really didn't feel like it was it should have been but like you said with the pace and the development because a lot of what was happening was happening in exposition with what toady was doing and all this and the the rushed through it in the um courtroom like you say you didn't see much motivation for the weasels other than the fact that the weasels a lot of it a big portion of it took place in the courtroom like a courtroom drama for mm. kids and yeah. it was about contract law but the kind of like Star Wars all over again they knew it wasn't interesting so they, they really over characterised a lot of the lawyers there was mm. a lot of arms being thrown around and gesticulating and all that kind of thing and was that bit done in rhyme there was a bit of it no, was bits done... of it were and bits of it weren't it seemed a bit inconsistent at that yeah. point I, I remember because we watched it with Bonnie I remember thinking, well, I was sort of seeing it through her eyes suddenly and I thought, this is boring, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's some nice little set pieces that the um, the the song at the start, the, I know we're going to talk about music later, but the, there's that piece there that's quite a nice little bit when the, when he's galloping along on, on yeah. Cyril. It tricks you into thinking it's going to be a jolly little outing, but then it just gets really dull. Yeah, the, part of Mally's monologue piece is quite nice um, and then it's Toad's a washerwoman and that's pretty much it there's it, not much more to it is there there's also the the permanent problem of anthropomorphising animals which I generally dislike unless it's done right and when I say done right is you have to be consistent so you don't get people asking questions of why is the horse still walking on four hooves when everyone else has got hands and feet and walking upright and oh, and questions oh, why, like that? Why is Toad tiny on the back of the horse at one point and then walking yeah. down the middle of the street the same size as a human being the next? Yeah, and, why and all is, these things. And why is Goofy Mickey's friend but Pluto's his dog? That it, is a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are questions that will, you know, plague scientists for the rest of time. Keeps you up at night. It really mm-hmm. does. 
Um, also noticed that all the animals, all the main four animals, had peach, as in white person's flesh-coloured skin, um, when they wouldn't done. Because the first reason I noticed it is Bonnie went, why isn't the frog green? And I was on the tip yeah, of saying, well, not all frogs are green. But then I looked at him and I thought, there's no frog that colour. He's a toad, he was just to clarify. He's toad, a toad, yeah. It, Bonnie asked me why the frog wasn't green. Hang on, hang on. That's Bonnie yobbing in there. You well, said it. She'll she'll learn this way. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because it was white skin and it was white skin colour and they were all that colour, including the badger. They gave him a white beard and black eyebrows, mm. but he had peach skin. That was the most noticeable. I had that down in uh, in animation, the the, the, the flesh colour. Yeah. Well, should we move on to animation then? Uh, well, I will just say there's the, the storytelling, it had its moments. Generally speaking, it was quite boring, but I did like the way it was told. Uh, there's a bit where it says uh, he was going to get a car, whether he uh, begged, borrowed, or... And it just cuts to a newspaper saying, Toad arrested. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't, you know, yeah. it does it through sort of visuals rather than words. It's quite nice, quite nicely done. But that's about about all I can say for it, is that one bit. Do you know, I don't, I, I think we've been quite negative and I've been quite negative. But it's not that I'm watching it going, this is awful. This is the biggest pile of bleep I've ever seen. It's really not. It's, it's just not brilliant. It's got a cosy quality. It's, it's nice. Fine. It's, you know, sitting in a nice um, English countryside you know, early 20th century. It's nice, isn't it? It's all right, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And Lucas enjoyed it. Would I watch it again? Probably not. Probably not. Nah. Very home counties. I, I have wondered for a long time why um, Mr. Toad was, was something that was mentioned through Disney. I didn't understand the reason behind it. And uh, so coming across, across this film or watching it for this has now made me realise why and, and I wish I still didn't know. He's got he's got a grave in the um, haunted mansion graveyard. Is that so, right? That's all he deserves. <laughs> so, animation. I thought the characterisation was quite nice, especially Mole. Mole's very very. Oh, he's yeah. he's very sweet in it. He's cute. Um, the uh, the weasels, of course, have, were, were used as the template for the weasels in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I think yeah. they're, they're beautiful. I really like them. Was, possibly yeah. the best thing. In it for me. I was going to say the same thing. Um, I mean, is that the first instance of a weasel represented like that? Because it becomes such so. a uh, such an icon, doesn't it? Of you know, dastardliness and um, swindling, and it sort of reaches its peak at the you know with the Roger Rabbit ones. Yeah, yeah. Because they've also got guns and cigars. Mm. I love that film. We we need to do that at some point. Yeah, we do. I think <laughs> it counts. Oh yeah, it, it absolutely counts. Got Dumbo in it. Yeah. I think it it was competent animation. It's certainly a cut above a lot of your um, other studios knocking out things at this kind of period. I don't think it's got the Disney flair, but it doesn't have the time or the money mm-hmm. that other things had. And you can see a lot of cost cost cutting shots, like um, still shots of the letter. They save a lot of money when they're on screen for five seconds, don't they? And oh, yeah. Things like that. Everything about um, Mr. Toad, to me, feels rushed. Feels like, especially mm. when you think that it was in production from, what, 1941 or something? That they... Yeah, eight years. But it was shelved for a good but portion it of show, that. It shows, and, the, yeah. and if they've come back from one, they want to employ them, and but they need to get something out, and, 
And it, that's what it feels like to me. And he was kind of... I mean, this might be wrong, but the way I understand, understood what I read was he was kind of stuck with it. The bank had said, you're going to work on these three films. So that was the only thing he kind of had left to work with without, you know, going against a contract he'd signed. Mm, and so he mm. had to make something of it. But his heart wasn't in it. His time and his money wasn't in it. It was just still there. Yeah. Things to note. Uh, Close-up of hands... There's one near the start of a painted hand holding some paper. Uh, and this is something that's wrong, always wrongly accredited to Ren and Stimpy. And it annoys me because its heritage is much longer than that. And whenever I do a close-up of a hand for uh, for the Beano or something, people catch a glimpse of it on the screen or, or whatever. They'll say, that's like Ren and Stimpy. And I'll say, I think you'll find <laughs> Disney. Warner Brothers did that a long time before that. But anyway, there's, <laughs> I'm just on a weird little rant now. But there's some nice close-ups of hands, pa- painted hands, with all the detail in the fingernails and things. Mm. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> hands. That that first. is that is a really that's a cartoonist-only problem right there, isn't oh, yeah. it? Oh yeah. Do you know the rest of us nodding, going, yeah. "Yeah, okay, that sounds really." I suppose annoying. you're right. Getting yeah. annoyed that people have compared something to the wrong cartoon. <laughs> yeah. That does annoy me. I know. I love the calligraphy in the letters. I have to say that I thought they were very nicely written. Clear, but but beautifully drawn. I mean, it's quite desperate, isn't it, if we're complimenting the calligraphy? Yep, I think it is. <laughs> we're clutching at straws, aren't it's, we? Uh, the um, representation of the English countryside and Toad Hall itself was very, very nice. That's not, you you know, novel in any particular way, though, is it? I mean, we can we can probably drive 20 minutes out of our house and find something that looks similar. Um, but it was done very nicely. Hmm. Before yeah. we go on to music, can I just um, just take a step back to the story and just say, from a character point of view, we never even mentioned Basil Rathbone and his narration. Yes. And I, I think it's worth mentioning it because um, he and uh, and Bing Cosby, Crosby, um, <laughs> were you know pretty big names for the for the time compared to what we've had before. Yeah. So I just I, I thought it was worth kind of pointing out. You know, been been dragged in to, to try and uh, raise the appeal of this, I think. Star power. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going on to a different subject now, but Bing Crosby did actually release a um, an album yeah. in tandem with this. Now, you just called him Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> We've had Cosby, Crosby and Crosby. That, that was just poor diction. It, yeah. Sping Flosby. It didn't deserve a bell because it was just a slip, but, you know. Music. Uh, well, the Merrily song is great. It's really nice. It is. It's a good little ditty. And then after that, it's just a pretty... Can you can you sing it now, though? No. Exactly. I found it all really unmemorable. At the time, I thought, oh, there is music in this, and it's not bad. But now I'm like, I can't even remember. But it's quite it short, though. You know, I think if it was a couple of verses, you know, if it was a bit longer, I think I would have I would have remembered it. And because it's names of, of places, it's fused into points beyond from good companions to me. Manchester, and Manchester, and Leeds, change trains for Manchester, and points beyond. And that's that's the actual words. It's travelling music from good companions. Yes. Well, that's funny because, because. we did a show at Dewsbury Arts Group, uh, like a, a review show for November, and we did a scene from Wind in the Willows where I played Mr. Toad, Oh. And then we went into a little travelling music, music, professor, if you please. Isn't that coincidence? Yeah. That's weird. It will be coincidental as well, if my father had anything to do with it. 
<laughs> but anyway, after the Merrily song, it just goes into a pretty bog-standard orchestral uh, background I score, think doesn't it? It, it I did think... incidental music, but I don't think it did incidental music very well. And I think a lot of it was more distracting than complimentary a lot of the time because I, w- I was hearing it. And really, you, you don't always hear the instrumental music, inc- incidental music unless you're listening. And I found it a bit jarring. Mm. I, I do think that we kind of maybe could call the Pater Mali monologue thing a song because it's played to music and it's got that kind of feel to it. But it's not like the Boris and the Carpenter, is it? It's not it's not that kind of level of mm. of good. Yeah. Maybe it's the world's first rap. <laughs> kind of. No, no, wasn't that back in Hamilton's days? Oh, okay. Didn't they all used to rap then? Yeah. That's how the conducted cabinet meetings. Have you learnt nothing? <laughs> Sorry. Should we go on to Ichabod then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bonnie said this was Halloweeny, which is a very good description because <laughs> it's set it at is. Halloween. Uh, part of it is anyway. I had. I only know Sleepy Hollow from the Johnny Depp. Christina Ricky film. Do you know what? That's back in the days when he was worth his salt. We've not mentioned Johnny Depp in a couple of episodes, have we? No, and I'm gonna for the first time ever. I'm gonna do it complimentary. I think he made some good career decisions and gave good performances up to and including the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I didn't like him in that though, because there's a bit where he says, uh, "Without the something," I can't remember the exact quote, but something like, "Without the benefit of goblins and ghouls." I don't like the way he says goblins and ghouls. It was fine. <laughs> it was in the trailer and it really stuck out. I mean, it's not the best film in the world, but it was fine. But that's what I thought the Sleepy Hollow thing was. Now, what I've realised now is they packed it out with a lot of other folklore. Yeah. Um, they built a lot of other storylines around it. There was a mother character. There was flashbacks. There was stuff going on. Backstory. And when I saw this, it ended and I was like, is that it? But when you go and back, I, that literally is it. I it? had to look up the original... Um, Washington Irving thing or a synopsis thereof and that is it yep. so most of the legend is about the flirtation the love triangle mm-hmm. Be- but then he disappears there's no mention of the headless horseman and I checked this until 10 minutes before the end of the film yeah um, yeah and it, it... I didn't really get what they were going for with Ichabod, well, I kind of did eventually, Ichabod, because they come on and they describe him in really disparaging terms and then they start to describe him as getting all the ladies. And yeah, then make you your just, mind up. Yeah. But and they, he's a looker as well. I know when we get to animation in a bit, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I read this a long time ago. And when I say that, I mean, I listened to an audio book of it. Do, hmm. Does that count? I think so. I think so. Um, and I forgot... So the, the narration, especially the, the description of Ichabod, uh, it reminds you of how well it's written. So the quote is, His head was small and flat at the top with huge ears, large green glassy eyes and a long snipe nose so that it looked like a weathercock perched upon his spindle neck to tell which way the wind blew. His clothes bagging and fluttering about him. One might have mistaken him for the genius of famine descending upon the earth or some scarecrow eloped from a cornfield. Well, in actual fact, then, that's pretty accurate, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that's, that's lovely prose there. So, yeah, bloke comes to town. Bloke teaches in town. Bloke falls in love with girl and um, 
annoys the um, um, the jock, the jock in the town. The early template for Gaston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brom, Brom bones, Brom, mm. Brom bones, and then, and then Jock tells story about headless horseman. Ichabod goes home, gets chased by headless horseman. Oh, no, He's well, never seen again. We don't know if he did or if he fantasised about it though, because he was feeling all paranoid and. I thought, but he was gonna... never seen again. I thought it was going to turn out that it was Brom. Pretending but to be the headless horseman. I think that's it's in the air, isn't it, for you to wonder about that yeah. and wonder whether he lived or died. Apart see, from in this, they kind of tell you that. He I lived. mean, the he disappeared thing was bad enough as an anticlimax, but then to just throw in some people say he moved upstate and married a Dutch girl, and, and then like, show him with his family. Yeah. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, all right, so that's what happened then. It, it's just there's no, I don't, I don't get it. He, he made it really easy to explain to, to Lucas though to be able to say because to him. That's what happened. So yeah. I didn't have to say, yeah, he vanished. He was probably killed, like yeah. butchered, murdered, probably by that. that they guy. shouldn't have shown the family because then you visualised that that's what's yeah. happened to him. Yeah. And um, the ending was so abrupt that Lucy and I just immediately looked at each other and frowned, didn't we? Yeah. It just, whenever it does that, it's like you're, um, it's like you're passing through a house. And you're enjoying this room and there's loads of people in it. It's very nice and enjoyable. And you go into another room and there's maybe a party going on. You, you have some drinks and some fun. And then you go, oh, there's another door here. We're not in there. And you're out in the street. And it's locked. Party is over. But the ending was so abrupt that I've knocked a point off my score for the, for the story. A further point. A further it's point. suffered heavily oh, because God. of the ab- abrupt ending. Well, let's talk about the characters then. We've kind of vaguely talked about Ichabod, but... None of the characters have dialogue. Uh, the jock does have a song slash dialogue, mm-hmm. but it's actually it's the narrate. It's Bing Crosby, so I'm not sure whether I count that or not. No, probably not. So that that immediately leaves them open to being underdeveloped. Yeah. you can get around that sometimes, but this didn't particularly. I felt they were underdeveloped, and the descriptions were quite underdone. And as is often the case in films this time, the her- the heroine, inverted commas, was really blunt canvas. They love to do this to women. She's nothing but a smooth face and a skirt. I, that's, we've got that in the next film as well, haven't we? Mm. Which is quite interesting. Yeah, I, I don't get that entirely. Um, in fact, I, I actually wrote that down somewhere. Why is, why is Katrina like that? Why is she like that? Everyone else has got characterful... Um, appearances, they've really gone to town with it and she's just this bland. Yeah. Her face doesn't... There's there's not features on it that can move. It's not that the animators don't move her features. She's not given cheeks. You know, she's not mm. given apples in her cheeks and things like that. She's literally just a peanut in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> a sexy peanut. <laughs> Crikey. Um... But I mean that that's something of the time. They didn't feel the need to, you know, make all all the women sort of uh, spunky and warriors like they do these days. Um, but that's a bit irritating. Yeah. But it is all saved for me by the beautiful, lucid tones of Bing Crosby. Ichabod Crane. What a weird mix this film with some some crooning. Don't yeah. you think? But it works really well, and he tell he tells a story really well. It, it's it's you're right. He is what saves this entire story. For yeah, me. there's some nice bits in it, 
Um, but they're very. <laughs> there's three nice bits in it for me. When we talk about the story. There's there's a bit when when there are, there's the whole dance bit. There's a, there's a really nice bit where um, Ichabod's dancing with Katrina and uh, Brom wants to to get in there. So he starts dancing with this big girl, and then they kind of keep swapping over and stuff. And it's just it's a nice little bit. I quite enjoyed that. Um, there's the song, which is possibly the best bit, and then the whole of the ending, not the abrupt ending as it is, but the whole of that that chase sequence of him heading home and all that that's great yeah but this you, you have to go through a lot of, of film to say it's quite a short thing what 25 minutes long something like that a bit longer than that and then you've got to go through a lot to get to that point where it's actually any good because for me all that first bit just drags and drags and drags well also i i had a different idea of what the story was so as I was watching it, I was going, where's the Headless Horseman? Mm. Which makes you a bit impatient anyway. So I feel like if I watched it again, I might watch it a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Because I, all I was doing was sitting there going, this isn't right. This is the one I think it is. This is a strange story. Storytelling used to be like that. I remember watching uh, It's a Wonderful Life for the first time. And mm. I genuinely thought after about an hour that we'd accidentally put the wrong film on. Yeah. Because I thought, where's the angel? I thought it started. And I think if you, if you told that story, I'm going into something else now, but I think... You know, like we can look at these these uh, narratives and think, well, it's it's put together incorrectly. Because now, if they made it's a wonderful life, it would start with him on the bridge, and then the angel would come down, and yeah. then and then you know it mm. would. But oh, that would the, cut the, out the a angel lot of ro- crying for me if they did start it there. <laughs> my word! But the angel rocks up in like the last twenty minutes, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I thought the bit of him showing him his life was the whole film because yeah. that's what's parodied. So it's the same with this. You spend most of it thinking, "Was was his horseman at?" But it's not, the stories weren't written like that. And you write about the the horseman sequence and the design of the horseman once we get onto animation. That's a wonderful sequence if there was a payoff. And thing is, because you've had a very dawdling beginning and then this sequence and then no payoff, anything good that comes before is just defunct in my mind. Now, if the payoff was amazing at the end, that sort of really slow burn at the beginning might might make sense you might appreciate it more i don't think it even needed to be much it's just the the problem is that they've they've done the the very um american to me thing of um saying well if we leave it like that people aren't going to be happy so we need to do something to make it a little bit more acceptable but it's a ghost story if he dies at the end of it let him die and that in itself mm-hmm. would have been a, a better way of they could have had the they could have had the villagers finding his hat and wondering amongst themselves what's happened but they didn't they went all oh, they found with his hat but it's fine and it was that sort of speed yeah, you know what yeah. i mean it's a very nice rendering of a hat don't you noticed <laughs> because it was painted and there's a little little sheen on it made with dots i really picked out the fabric and quite a nice pumpkin next to it with a little sheen on it very nice Beautiful. Mm. Let's talk about the um uh the, the that sequence that that whole sequence because there's there's some nice bits in it. I think the whole build up to it to it is is great as he's travelling down the road and goes into the uh, into the woods and there's some horrendous laughter and stuff at times as well from him as well when he when he realizes it's it's the reeds banging on the trees and stuff and it's just it's really really nice and then it gets a little bit scary because the the headless horseman turns up and they chase and chase and chase and, and it, you don't know where it's going and what's going to happen and then they do this crazy bit where the, where he 
catches his head on the tree and gets pulled off and lands on the back of the horse that headless horse <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes round and round and round and then goes back on again just like chuck a bit of comedy in for no reason yeah it's very yeah. Bugs Bunny he goes backwards on the horse for a bit as well and there's it? a bit where he swings around a tree and his legs fly out but he's still holding his horse with his legs and, it, <laughs> and he just swings him round the tree crazy Bonnie built a fort at that point because it was too scary. So she yeah. made a fort out of cushions to watch the rest of it. That's good though. She's finding it scary. That's probably good because for me, I when we first started talking about doing this podcast, we thought at the rate that we're going, we'd probably get to this about Halloween time and, mm. and it would be a great one to do, but it ain't that scary. I think we've watched this at the wrong time of year. I think if we did, if we did watch it at Halloween, we'd find it a little more enjoyable because we would be in that spirit. And even... Uh, the Toad one. What's it called? Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad. Toad. Um, even that has a kind of a, a kind of a vibe that I could imagine enjoying more at Halloween time. It's a little yeah. bit Christmassy that one, isn't it? Oh, does, well, some of it is set at Christmas, mm. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I think we've I think we've watched this in you know early August uh, at the wrong time. You're probably right. It's not going to improve it that much though. Watching it later. I think a lot of my memory of this um, going away will be the vision of the headless horseman, which is what it's meant to be. But I think that was the best it, color scheme, animation, character design of the whole thing it's was pink on. and purple, wasn't it? Mm, mm. And so was the uh, the woods and the sky at the time. Mm. You know that they, they had an entire color scheme going on. Well. One of my favourite bits in the whole thing is when he finds the ghost in the woods. So this ghost appears to him and then you think, well, obviously, you know, it's not going to be a ghost, it's going to be a tree. But when, when the light changes and you see how they've constructed it, it's quite clever. Yeah. You know, there's a hole for the face and then some branches for the arms, but then the eyes are two fireflies or moths or something. It's quite nice. Mm. We've, we've nicely segued onto animation there as well, haven't we, I think? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, any, what, what else would you like to say about animation? I like the look of Vicarbod. I do. Because he is grotesque, but there's, he's just cute enough yeah. to yeah. keep your interest. Now I understand that that was... <laughs> that that fits the character from a literary point of view. It's like, oh, all right, then I see what you're going for. Um, I'm not going to love it. I'm not going to love it, I'm afraid. No. So not, there's there's a little bit of uh, of you multiplying in there, wasn't there? That, at one point in the woods, like very very little bit, as the trees all kind of um, closed in around. Oh, multi multiplying. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. What did I say? I, I said multiplying. I heard multiplying. Yeah, I didn't say multiplying. I thought you were talking about the bit which is a, a bit I really like, where Brom sees double, so he sees Ichabod walking <laughs> off as two Ichabods, but then the Ichabods start to interact with each other. <laughs> which is which is really yeah. nice actually but no I didn't mean that bit but yeah, help that e- bit's good too help each other over the fence and stuff even though it's just one of them really <laughs> I, I, I really like the bit where he's thinking about Katrina and he's got like the, the thought bubble thing and he starts interacting with that I quite like that I enjoyed that bit as well um, Katrina though one of the pro- probably not the reason but one of the reasons that she's the way that she is is also because she was that they reused um, Grace Martin from the Martins and the Coys and she's basically oh, right. that character. It's the same, so to save time, apparently. I remember that. her being bustier, but never mind. <laughs> there you go. Having nice chunky legs to uh, work with. <laughs> right, the music. Well, there's, <laughs> there's, there's music throughout it, and, and there's a fair bit of singing, but the only thing that I remember is, is uh, the, the song about the Headless Horseman. I like the Katrina song. 
the yeah the song about the head, headless horseman took it up a point for me um the incidental music i felt was very similar to mr toad it was a bit intrusive rather mm-hmm. than helpful um bing crosby's wonderful but this musically isn't his best work i do love no. his voice wherever he is but it's not you know it's no white christmas is it no yeah, I, I've not really got any more to add, really, from a music point no. of view. No. It was, it was all, I mean, the same as Toad, it was what it, it was is. there. Yeah, the, there was music. So, should we um, should we wrap this bad boy up, then? Yeah, do you want to give us some I've IMDb been organised this week. Hey, hey. I actually have the IMDb scores ready to go. So, IMDb is 7.1. Wow. Now, this might surprise you. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score, is 93%. What? No, no, it's not. It is. <laughs> um, and I did read some critics' things, and there's just to pull one quote out of the air: "Remarkably crafted and emotionally relevant." Wow. Do, do you know where that came from? The butts. No. <laughs> I could find it out, but I haven't written it no, down. No, no, but no. It, this is curious. a real critics' thing, and there was other people saying. Um, Vastly underrated. They said that Mr. Toad um, has some of the best character animation of any Disney film. And I respectfully disagree on all points. Not that it's bad, but when you say some of the best character animation and you're comparing it to Dopey and Snow White and you're Mm. comparing it to... uh, Brer Fox. Nonsense. I just don't agree, basically. I I think if you compare that that version of Mr. Toad with... If with growing up with Cosgrove Hall, it just doesn't even compare. Mm. And I know it's different because it's drawn animation and stop animation, but still. the audience are a little saner. They've given it seventy one percent. I still predict that the thirty seven Disney Street scores will be lower. We don't know because we haven't given them yet. But I can't imagine us getting up to seventy one percent. Just uh, have you got the um the other scores there, Huey? Do you want to tell us what the bottom top? Middle is to give us some context. The table. The lowest score is uh, Saludos Amigos with 60. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Chris. 60 to beat. What have you got for story? So, um, well, I think they're two nice stories. They're, they're fairly well told. Um, Wind in the Willows has got... Oh, it just misses too much out for me, and that that's part of the problem of it. I think Ichabod, Ichabod's story, I think I think Sleepy Hollow is um, is a nice little set piece, um, and I think possibly uh, the way we've talked about it, I I kind of agree with Hugh that we've watched it the wrong time of year. Um, I've given it a six overall, though. I think that's fair. I've given it a three. Which is harsh, but I'm wow. just going to boil it down to, quite frankly, I was bored for both of them. I'm, I'm, I can't say more than that. I just wasn't. Fell asleep engaged. at one point. I noticed. Oh, my eyes were going. <laughs> I made um, a noise, a discreet noise, to wake her up. And not for long, yeah. listeners. I, think, I didn't. I didn't sleep for 15 minutes. I think my eyes drooped for 30 seconds. Or I think something. it says a lot, though, if you fall asleep through a, a Disney animation when, unless it's Fantasia, they're not that long, are they? No. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, three for me. Hugh? Um, I gave it quite an average six, and then it ended really abruptly, mm. so I knocked an extra point off. So, uh, as Bing Crosby said, straight down the middle. Five. Lovely. Uh, animation. I give it a seven. It was fine. Unremarkable. Competent. Nice characterization. Seven. It was yeah. okay. 
see, I've given it five with all the same comments that you're giving. I just know that we're going to uh, review 60-odd of these films and I know what the standard of animation is for some of them and I, I just know that this isn't going to be in the top half animation-wise, so it has to fall on a five or lower. So I feel I've been generous on a five. I think seven is exceptionally generous. Yeah, I, I'm i inclined to agree with you, but I've given it a six. Um, and the main reason for me is hashtag not my toad. I, I, don't, I, can't, <laughs> I cannot get behind the characters at all in Toad of Toad Hall. Music, Hugh. I gave it a six. And there's not much else to say. Chris. Yeah, six as well for me. Um, the the only additional thing for me to say is, what the hell is that opening song about? I, I just, know. I don't, like... <laughs> Yeah, you want a song to introduce it all fine, but why would it be Ichabod and Mr. Toad? I just don't get it. Why? Don't why why are we putting together anyway? Like full stop across all of this. Why is it there together? But why write a song about it? We haven't had songs for every other single every other film that's come up. So why? Why? They took that brief really literally, didn't they? You know, when that arrived on the composer's table, please write theme tune for Ichabod and Mr. Toad. They didn't go, it's Dumbo, he's going to have a lot of flying with his ears. I think they did do that for Melody Time and Make My Music, though. It's Melody Time. There was something like that. Not for Make My Music, they didn't. I think they did. I think they did. Did they? I think they did, yeah. It's just a really literal song. It was like, it's Make My Music, something like that. (laughs) That was was beautiful falsetto at the end, Matthew. I thought you were a bit flat. I cannot (laughs) again... Cannot believe how generous you two are. I've given it a four. And I think that's, you know, that's fine. It's Bing. I know it's Bing. That's why it's not a three. Oh, actually, just because I didn't mention it before. um, As much as I quite enjoy that, the Headless Horseman song, um, lyrically, it's atrocious. It's telling a story, but it is really, really terrible. The headless horseman, he is the worst. No, just it's just not good. So I'd like to mark mine down by a point now. Good. um, And drop it down to... uh, yeah, a five or a five, yeah, five. Okay. Stick that in your pipe, Bing. We just watched Igapod and Mr. Toad. Igapod and Mr. Toad. And it was scary. So I built a fort to hide in. This one's got two cartoons one about Turd Hall and one about Igapod's brain. So the first one is the one with Turd Hall. So Turd is one of the characters and he starts riding a horse very quick and then he finds a motor car and he really wanted one. Mr Toad stole a red, red car. They put him in prison instead of the weasels and Mr Winky. Boy was already stolen and then he escaped and ran away. I didn't really like it. Mole stuck his tongue out and I really liked that part. Then it's the one about Ichabod. There's Ichabod and he's a funny man. He's got a pointy nose. And big ears. Ichabod comes to a new town called Sleepy Hollow and he's a teacher and then he falls in love with a woman. He was dancing with a lady and the other really liked him so he tried to get him away to dance with him but his lady is too fast. 
in Halloween night, Bronn tells the story about a headless horseman. And when Ichabod goes home, he goes through a spooky wood and he saw the headless horseman and was very scared. The scary woods. Oh, that's the part that I don't like. But at least he wasn't dead. But you didn't really see him much after that. My favourite character was Mr Toad because I I just like him. My favourite character was Toad because I know he tried to do it but it was quite funny and a bit friendly and he was very funny as well. My favourite song was the song when Toad and ride it the horsey very fast. I give it a two out of five because it was scary. I would give it a four out of five. So that gives us a grand score of 53. That's low. Wow. That's I, real low. I honestly, though, thinking of everything we've watched, I mean, you've got the, the initial five classics, then you've got the package films, and in all of the package films, I found something I really liked. Like, um, Yeah, I agree with that. There was one or two I really liked. In this, I, did, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it and will probably never watch it again. I think it's safe to say it's the worst one we've seen so far. I mean, our scores, so our scores obviously show that, yeah, but uh, yeah. it did feel that way as we as we watched it. It's ridiculous though, isn't it? Because like, when you think look at something like um, like Dumbo as well that, we've, that we did before, um, I felt like that was a really low score at 74 because um, because I love that film. I really mm. love that film. I really enjoyed Ichabod and Mr. Turd. I did. There's not been anything that we've watched so far, new or old, that I haven't enjoyed in in some form or another um so in at 53 it seems like it's not a bad score but really, the question we're like all that. asking of bob Iger is when will we get a live action remake i thought you were going to say the question we're all asking is how does that affect the cry factor <laughs> go on but more importantly how does that affect the cry factor <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves him. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's cry factor. It gets a one. I mean, you get a one just for showing up. I don't. I don't think zero is appropriate. Um, but there's nothing to cry about. You might get a little tearful at the the sweet mole. So it's just a one a one teardrop, which would sound like this. <laughs> Well, we've made it to the bridge, and it seems that the end is nigh. So in the words of Bing Crosby, man, i got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. My name's Hugh Rain. Good night, children.